Welcome to episode two of Agents of Travel. I'm Garrett Palm. And I'm Rachel Van Ness. Uh, we have a very exciting guest this week. I love her a lot. I worked with her at Smosh. It's Sarah, Sarah Whittle. Whittle. Uh, she's a great social media guru. She uh, has spent a lot of time in Italy. And... She's spent a lot of time with an Italian husband. husband. <laughs> <laughs> she spent a lot of time all over the world, but uh, uh, Italy, Italy. She's she's got a lot of good tips for Italy. But she's, I, I was surprised. I had no idea. Yeah, she's a huge she world traveler. Yeah, she really is. Uh, before we get into this episode, quick comment on the sound quality. It's my fault. Uh, we we did not. Uh, there there are some moments where the sound does not uh, sound good, but I, we've learned, we've grown, uh, and we have embraced uh, better mics growth, now, <laughs> a growth mindset, and better mics now. Yeah, <laughs> we're literally embracing them in our hands right yes, now. I know. Um, but yeah. So uh, apologies. There will be some weird sound uh artifacts here and there throughout this one um yeah uh very sorry but on to the interview we we have music that <laughs> i like that like between the cats and claudio you just can't have nice this is why i can't have nice things and then if i ever have a kid it's just it's just gonna go downhill oh yeah having yeah. a kid yeah that will. that's gonna ruin everything that's yes. really nice of claudio though to take the heat off the cats by <laughs> also exactly. terrible on the furniture uh speaking of ruining everything we have a secret We've, mm-hmm. we've got to tell. We've got to come clean to you. To me? Yeah. Oh boy. You. What is it? You may know us as Rachel and Garrett. I know mm-hmm. we've worked together a while, and um, but we uh, we're secret agents. <gasps> what kind? Yeah. For the we are secret e- agents. Agents. <laughs> Only digital. Sorry, I'm actually Australian. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're we're secret agents. For the national, was it office travel of- and tourism office? This sounds very real and valid. Is there a certification certificate uh, program of some sort that you need to go through? The, the, that is what we're going through now. Oh, we're currently going through it now. Yes, yes. The first be- step is knowing what the department is called, and yeah. I am uh-huh. still studying up on it. So, uh, yeah. yeah, you go, Garrett. Um, so, as you know, secret agents. You know, we have secret agent names as well. Oh. You can refer to us as whatever you want, but okay. uh, but our secret agent names are based off of our well, d- desserts we love. Mine is based off of my favorite dessert. I am secret agent sticky toffee pudding. Okay. And yep. I'm secret agent panakuken, which is a Dutch pancake. Very yep. good. It's not the breakfast pancake though, right? You know what? It can be savory and sweet. Yeah. Would you believe it? Sounds beautiful. Perfect. Yeah. Oh, but I think you're thinking of a Dutch baby. Yeah. The Dutch pancake or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Those are really good. Yeah. Very eggy. Uh, yeah. yeah. If I had to join this um, agency, I'd definitely be um, egg. Egg? Secret just agent. Egg. Egg. Yeah, no, I know that's, that's not egg. a dessert, but no. just egg. It doesn't Do have you... to be a dessert. 
after dinner, do you often wrap up the day on an egg? Can you imagine if I did? <laughs> Just an egg in that sweet little dish, the egg yeah. dish. Oh yeah, like crack it open and like just do that. What a what a funny quirk that would be to like yeah. explain to Claudio every night before I go to bed I need to have a little egg. I need my breakfast <laughs> egg at night. Yeah. <laughs> uh it just helps you go to sleep. It wraps up the meal. It helps you digest exactly. a good egg is good for digestion a di- good dj digestive digestive so as as we're working our way up in the agency we're trying to get our certification we're uh interrogating people oh okay. on uh their previous travels we're we're pretty nice in our interrogations. We're, it's not like it's not okay, like the we'll interrogations see. you see. But in the you movie. better not fucking lie to us, otherwise <laughs> we'll send you on a bad trip. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'm nervous. I don't know if I can answer all of these questions, but oh, right. I'm also a world traveler, so this is going to be very interesting. That's Ooh. great. Well, because we, you know, we believe trips are all over the world. They're also all over your neighborhood. Like nice. they are, they, you know, you can have that mindset anywhere you go. I love it. Um, like Tommy's, what, his big trip was the Long Beach. <laughs> you told him to go to Long Beach? No, no, no. That was a trip he, that was like his big trip he told us. Oh, interesting. Yeah. He was like, this is a totally different place. I, I feel, yeah. feel transformed. Great. Amazing. So we're going to interrogate you. We're going to have some questions. And at the end, we're going to, yes, pitch you two separate trips. And you will decide which trip you get to go on. Are you ready, Sarah Whittle? I'm so ready. Okay. All right. Uh, First question. What was the first trip you took that turned you on to travel? What was your travel awakening trip? Mm, Well, I... And grew, I, I grew up as a military kid. So my dad's in the Air Force. So I moved all around the world before I even hit puberty. So I was born in Wyoming, moved to Korea, was in Korea for a little bit, then moved to North Dakota and moved to <laughs> Germany for six years and then moved back to the U.S. Um, literally like two months after 9-11. So that was a really fun time to come back to the U.S. Um, And lived in the U.S. ever since then. But I've also hopped all around the U.S. I was in Wyoming again. Then I went to New York. Then I went to Phoenix. Then I went to Los Angeles. And now I live in Colorado. So I have always been someone that's been going all over the place all the time. But I would say what really solidified my love for travel was living in Germany because we would like go to dinner in Luxembourg because it was one hour away. Or a school trip was to England because um, it was so close. Or in less than a month, I went to Italy twice for the first and second time. First time with my uh, church group when I was a kid (laughs) growing up in the church. So with my church group, I went. And then like three weeks later, I went with my family and I was like showing them around. So yeah, that's how I kind of got the travel bug. And in Europe, it's so incredibly easy. So that's like me and my family's favorite thing to do is to travel and explore and eat different foods discover different uh, cultures, look at art. So I'm always someone that has to go on a trip. I've got a question. So like being a, I hear this about a lot of military brats. Yes, no, you can say brats. that. I, I won't take okay. offense. <laughs> yep. Thank you so much. <laughs> okay, I hear, 
I'm so nervous about that. I okay. Um, <laughs> uh, I hear from a lot of like kids who grew up with military parents that they also like they travel a lot and that makes you very good at making friends quickly. Do you yes. find that's true for you that you don't really have that like high barrier to meeting new people? Yeah. So the interesting thing is, is like, I mean, I think, you know, Garrett and I have known each other since what, like 2015. And I've, I'm very clearly an extrovert. And I think in the military system, we don't, when growing up, I didn't know when we were going to move. So, and I didn't know when the kids in the school were going to move because in Germany, we all went to school on the military base because it was taught in English. We didn't have to go to a German school. So kids would join and leave the class at yeah. any moment. So it really got to uh, in, infused in my personality to hurry up and make friends with everyone and anyone because we don't know how long each of us are going to be here for. <laughs> <laughs> so do you, are you also, do you find like really good at keeping in contact with no, and that's the hard thing. Okay, is gotcha. when I, yeah, when I was in Germany, like the internet did not exist. Um, and so dating it, ourselves here. Exactly. So <laughs> yeah. it was pre internet, you couldn't really keep up with ki- like the kids and stuff. So it really was like a touch and go thing. It was like, thanks for being friends with me. And I've like reconnected with some that I've just found through Instagram. But like, last time we saw each other, we were like 10 years old. And so it's hard to keep in touch with people. So I actually don't have many friends that I've known, like, probably past college at this point. Like, I have some friends I talked to from high school, but mostly, like, my oldest friends are from college. I feel like traveling does that, that kind of trains you to just be like, just enjoy this friendship for right now. Mm -hmm, This is mm -hmm. a great time with this person. And, uh, you know, if you keep in touch, great. Probably won't. Yep. (laughs) Probably will just, like... There are some friends, and maybe you'll reconnect in 10 years. Yeah. And it's just, it'll be like you never left. And that's awesome. But you guys probably know when you travel to a place and you like meet people in a bar or cafe and then you like spend a night together all just like partying and having fun. Like that is the most low risk, like fun friends you can have. And then maybe you follow each other on Instagram, but it's just so fun to find like a group of like Americans and Europeans in a random bar. Like we did that in Venice, Italy, and we all just went bar hopping together. It was so fun. Yeah, it's like, it's, I don't know. Yeah, there's always like, there's always people traveling around abroad. There's also like people like living there, like hosting like events mm-hmm. for like uh, people. I don't know if you've ever done couch surfing, but there used to be like a big like couch surfing community event that locals would put on to meet ah. like, abroad. Yeah, like meetups and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Like those were always also, yeah, it was just a good time. And it's, it's funny that like, uh, I don't know my experience with because my mom was a military brat, so I oh, okay. a brat. And uh, <laughs> uh, she she grew up like when she got older, she was like, I don't I don't want to travel anymore. I don't want to move around anymore. I want to settle in a space for a while. Uh, that didn't quite happen, but like she she that was like coming out of that. She was like, I want to like grow some roots somewhere. I mean, that's so- why I left LA. And that was yeah. like, a big, you know, we did a whole podcast on the Smosh cast about it. And, you know, moving to Colorado, this is like one of the first places I don't have like a move out date. Like I've always had a move out date or a lease or yeah. some sort like that. And I don't have that now. And, and so it's been like I've had to create new habits because I've always been on the run, yeah. <laughs> not, not running away from something, but just like moving all the time. What are the habits you've had to develop 
like being grounded now? Like, is it like, I can't even imagine. Yeah, that's a great question. (laughs) Um, I think for me, it's just like creating habits because I haven't really had the opportunity to create healthy habits. So I know this sounds so boring, but like I've finally been able to like be consistent with the gym for the last couple of months because nice. life has just been always crazy. And, and yeah. you know, even living in Los Angeles, like working at Smosh, every day feels like a different type of thing. Every week is different. So between having a corporate job and like a little stable life, then yeah. I've been able to like consistently work out and maybe find a doctor I go to more than once. Um, wow. Yeah, those little things. Like, my medical records are all over, like, the world at this point. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. So just little things like that that I think, like, people who don't move around a lot, like, t- you know, maybe don't even, like, think about twice. But, yeah, I've just never, ever had that in my life because I kept moving even after my dad had retired from the military. Yeah. yeah, you never retired from moving around. That military brat life, I never retired. <laughs> yeah, I do love the aspiration of like, I will become friends with my doctor because I will <laughs> see them multiple times. <laughs> well, yeah, no, I, cause that's a real, like, I've experienced that too of just like, you know, never always having like, a, oh, I'm not here for good, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, so it's just like, yeah, there's no sense in like really you don't have that motivation to stay there and like even when the community even when the dentist is like do you want to schedule your next appointment in six months like i've never been able to be like oh yeah sure i'll still be here (laughs) yeah i'll have that week you know yeah available i will be in this state totally yeah Yeah, probably man all the medical professionals you've just ghosted over the years yeah (laughs) truly truly uh so sarah tell us a story about your best trip you've ever taken. Yeah, I've had so many best trips. Tell us all of the stories. So many. Um, I mean, for our uh, Claudio and I's honeymoon, we went to the Maldives, which was insane because I wanted to do, you know, on the bucket list was uh, one of those over-the-water cabanas. Yeah. Um, Obviously, every time I've gone to Italy with Claudio has been spectacular because I went to Italy twice before I met Claudio when I was a fourth grader with those trips. But (laughs) going to like Naples, Italy, where Claudio grew up and, you know, experiencing it from someone who grew up in that neighborhood is unbelievable. Yeah. Um, I would say like one of the best moments that him and I have ever had traveling is we were on the Amalfi Coast, which is like the quintessential like Italian summer. When you see it on Instagram, that's what it is. Um, And we were there in December, so it was freezing cold and we just happened to go. And it was actually Claudio's very first time being to the Amalfi Coast, even though it was only like an hour, hour and a half from where he grew up his whole life. (laughs) So him and I go and we go past Amalfi, past Sorrento, and we turn into this like tiny town called Atrani, A-T-R-A-N-I. And it was all lit up for Christmas. Like, it looked like a Hollywood Universal, like, set. It was, like, all lit up in different colors. This tiny, tiny town. I think 70 people live in this tiny town. 
They have like a tiny square. It's on the coast. There's like a pizzeria on, like under the road. It's like this most stunning place. And we instantly fell in love, had dinner in the little one restaurant in the square. Of course, it's like the best food you've ever yeah. had. And since then, I was like, I mean, since then, it's, it's always had like a special place in our heart because it was like this hidden gem that we'd never uh, seen before. And apparently every year during Christmas, they spend over a thousand euro, which is a lot for a tiny town of 70 people to light up this this tiny little town for Christmas. It's so stunning. I'm so cute. Yeah. That it's like a community effort. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I love that. Like, uh, So uh, I guess a side question for that, like, because I feel like that kind of speaks to how I travel and how, what I love about traveling is like the unplanned stuff. Yeah. Like I love to have stuff that I don't plan and just discover. Are yes. you like a planner? Are you a discoverer when you travel? Like I'm a mix of the both. So yes. like, you know, obviously you've you've made all your your effort to like get to a place, whether close or far. So you should try to hit up what right. you know the general crowd thinks is great. But then that's when you like try to find the hidden gems, hidden restaurants, like trying to take the the route less traveled so yeah. that you can find these hidden gems because even in Italy like if you go to the place that is like right off the street and all the tourists go there the prices are going to be higher and the yep. quality may not be as good whereas if you take a five minute stroll and try to find you know the nonna in the kitchen the grandma in the kitchen making the stuff yeah. like you will find the best food ever like why yep. wouldn't you go to another country and have like grandma's best food like that's amazing no i yeah i uh agree like you could always go you know off the it's just 15 minutes away mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know you don't even have to go like an hour in just 15 exactly. minutes away you'll find stuff i did want to ask if you've heard of the pasta granny's youtube channel Ooh. no i've never heard oh wait that is it is it the ones um that like buzzfeed used to spend a lot of time with maybe, maybe. It's, it's a it's, bbc it's like a BBC thing, but it's a you can find them on YouTube and it's just like a bunch of Italian grannies who live together and make pasta together. Oh my god, that's so cute. Yeah, so if you're ever feeling like you're missing it, check out those pasta grannies. Amazing. Yes. But yeah, it's like they become gems just because you stumbled upon it. Like exactly. it, it, they don't even necessarily need to be like this amazing restaurant that's gonna blow your mind. It's just because you stumbled upon it because it's like a local's place. Yeah, uh, I, lo- I love it. Yeah, I feel like nothing. I'm trying to think like, I feel like all my favorite travel memories are the ones that happened randomly. And it's like planning enough so that you can set up those exactly. random moments to happen. But I can't remember a time where I was like, you know, I went to New York and the Statue of Liberty was my favorite <laughs> part. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I feel like whenever you travel, it's like it should be a good mix of like those planned, like you got to do the touristy things, though, like I would I would not argue that the Statue of Liberty is absolutely necessary when you go to New York. (laughs) But it's like, yeah, you set yourself up for success, but also like give your give yourself those opportunities to like explore because, you know, Mm -hmm. especially on the Amalfi Coast, there's there everything's so 
by foot that you can discover so many cool things and yes and and the cool thing is is a trani that tiny town like we make a point to go every time just because it's such a nice core memory for us and we create even more core memories like we went we went a month before our wedding because his brother was getting married so that gave us an opportunity to look at our uh, wedding venue for the first time in sorrento and then we went to go get dinner in a trani like 10 minutes away Way, and they were having some kind of like um, festival in the middle of the square. It was full of people, full of a live band. And they were, I think they were carrying like a statue of Mary through the town for some religious um, thing or celebration or whatever. And all of a sudden we were just like in the middle of the square eating the best food ever, watching yeah. this festival happen that we had like no clue was going to happen. We just wanted to go back to Atrani again. It, those lo- the local festivals are always just the best because they're not you know they're not like overproduced and they're just like fun everybody's out also i wish god i wish i was married to a charming italian man <laughs> <I'm> sorry <laughs> i really put it into the universe because i yeah. always like after i went to italy when i was like in the fourth grade me and my mom would always talk about like we gotta live in italy one day we're yeah. in italy we're so happy in italy and then i happened to marry an italian man and now it's closer you know that it's closer to reality than, than yeah. ever before <laughs> i know i wonder were you sort of like when you were dating were you like i need i need to date an international person because no. you've traveled so much or you're like how, how did you and claudio meet Oh, uh, we met through like a mutual friend's um, birthday party at a bar and I was in my um, having a lot of fun era in LA. And so (laughs) he was just a cute boy. And then like I introduced myself because he was talking to an Italian gal I knew. And I was like, hi, I'm Sarah. And he's like, hello, I am Claudio. And in less than two (laughs) minutes, we were making out. So (laughs) (laughs) that's all I thought it was going to be. And it it ended up being so much Uh, more. So I really won the lottery here. Yeah. That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Sarah, you've been talking about a lot of this food and we haven't been getting a lot of specifics so I want to dig in on what's the tastiest thing you've ever eaten on a trip Claudio's gonna laugh that I'm gonna talk about this so much but um it my favorite food ever was um this tomato pasta dish in a Greek restaurant in (laughs) Germany So yeah, it was this, uh, it it doesn't exist anymore, but it was this restaurant called Hellas, and it was a Greek restaurant right off of the Air Force Base where um, I grew up in Germany, and we became regulars there, and our favorite thing to do after we spent all day at uh, the swimming pool, because... Germany in Germany they have great theme parks and they have great like swimming places and spas and stuff so we would go get exhausted from swimming all day and order a huge bowl of pasta and then french fries yes <laughs> and, city yeah yeah and just load up <laughs> and it's the best tomato based pasta I've ever had in my entire life me and my family still dream about it all the time <sighs> And um, the first time I told Claudio that, he was like, are you freaking kidding me? And I, I verified it with my mom. My mom fully agrees with it, too. <laughs> was the think- pasta homemade? Like, did they make it there or was it like... Yeah, they made the pasta sauce there. I don't know if they made the pasta there, but the pasta okay. sauce, like, I, I, I don't know how to describe it. But like um, in Europe, 
some tomato sauces. I think they add some sort of cream to it. I don't think it's authentic Italian. I don't know what it is, but it's just like this tomato sauce and whatever they put in there. It just has this like wonderful tomato taste and it's not just straight tomato maybe they put a cream in it but it's just like it just every time I have something similar to it like a tomato soup or a tomato sauce um my brain just immediately goes back to that restaurant oh Oh, man yeah I this uh Rachel's heard me talk a lot about this podcast but I've been listening to the Dave Chang podcast a lot and he said something similar like his favorite food right now is Sichuan food cooked by at a Cantonese restaurant. Great. Yep. Yep. yep you yep. know, like people doing it their way. And it's just like, it's unique. It's totally different. It's not at all quote unquote authentic, whatever yep. that is. It's just like really good. Yeah. And a lot of foods, a lot of Asian foods come from like a mix of, of cultures. Like some of my favorite foods, um, cause I'm half Korean. And so my grandma would c- cook a lot of Korean food. One of my favorite dishes is a Chinese Korean noodle dish with black bean paste. Um, and it's kind of a fast food, it's called jajangmyeon and it's kind of a fast food, um, thing that I think Chinese immigrants or Korean immigrants kind of stole some, some yeah. items, some ingredients, some techniques to make this kind of hybrid Korean Chinese dish. Yeah. Gives you more of an appreciation too for American Chinese food and Tex Mex. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're valid. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you, uh, so when you travel, are you looking like is food top on your list or is it? Like, oh, absolutely. Top? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Especially in Italy. Yes. But the great thing about Italy is yeah. like the, worst food is better than some of the best food over here so um we yeah sandwiches at little random grocery stores pasta from a hole in the wall um i've had the best pizza in my life for nine euro which is about ten dollars and the locals there say that's ridiculously priced because normally pizza in naples is about three euro so it, it food is like a must for every travel occasion Yes. I've also heard in Italy that like this is the part that excites me. It's like it almost reminds me of like a high tea and that dishes just keep coming out. But that like dinners can be like three hours long and yeah. it's just yes. like course after course after course after course. The first time we ever went to Italy, like when I brought my family there um, during my second trip uh, in less than a month when I was a kid, um, my mom got hungry at like 5 p.m. And I remember my dad being like, no, you have to like we're eating at 8 p.m. Everywhere is closed um, yeah. because they start they start dinner around eight, seven or eight and they end around 10 or 11. And for our wedding that we had on the Amalfi Coast in a castle, um, wow. we actually cut some courses because weddings are literally like three, four hours of sitting and eating and they don't really do like a reception afterwards. And wow. I was like, no, that's too long <laughs> sitting. It's, it's like a little extra. It's too much, I think. <laughs> yeah. We, Sounds we, like a perfect wedding to me. I know. <laughs> Just mix it up. Like, get some standing in there. Like, we had a friend come on, and he talked about a wedding he went to somewhere in South America. where Argentina. Like, Argentina. It was like, between courses, people were dancing. Oh, and that's go cute. go back to eat, and then dance, and then eat, and dance. It was like six hours of this. Yeah, the Italians, they just buckle down. And the one... (laughs) 
I'd say the biggest difference also between Italians and Koreans, like you guys, you know, know Korean barbecue where there's like a billion dishes all over the table and it's an Asian, a lot of Asian cuisine is a lot of like choose your own adventure. So it's very customizable where you put a little bit of kimchi, a little bit of sauce, Italians, they're like the opposite. They keep everything separate. So it's like the first course has its particular dishes and the second course has its particular dishes and like that, that's it. That's it. There's no mixing or mingling. And my, you know, my half Korean side's like, I just, I want to go back and forth and have well, all these different flavors all the time. Yeah. Cause they talk about like, it, this is the way to digest, right? Like you eat a salad at this point and you have uh, carbs at this point, and then you finish off with this drink at this, like coffee or something. Like everything is for the degustation or whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But Koreans are like, we'll just have it all at the same yeah. time. <laughs> <laughs> work itself out exactly yeah i i haven't been to italy in like over 20 years and i want to go and just eat now i that's i just want to go and eat do it do it yeah like when we travel we walk everywhere so that we can then eat like do you walk a lot (laughs) when you travel yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I do a lot of walking, do a lot of wandering around. I think it also depends on what the goal of your, your trip is, right? Because some, some goals of trips are to go sightseeing and explore the culture, yeah. and then some are just to, like, relax and fart around. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, that's like when we go to Mexico and do an all-inclusive, like, yeah. that's more of, like, a relaxing thing. We still try to, you know, experience the culture, but overall... I think it's like a waste if you spend all day in the hotel, no matter what kind of trip you're on. Agreed. Just do a staycation. Yes. Yeah, uh, which is also like valid to do a staycation. I feel like yes. more people should. Like we put a lot of shame on like, oh, you're going to take a week off and just chill at your house. What a waste. But it's like, I feel like we should normalize any type of rest. That was my actual New Year's New Year's goal for this year was to take more days off to do like self-care or nothing or go to the thrift store or clean the house because I got into the yeah. habit uh, post-pandemic that if I took time off, I had to go somewhere um, or do something exciting. And so I've done pretty good this year of at least yeah. doing one one day a month where I can self-care. Do you yeah. like it? Like, do you oh, look I forward love it. to that day? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'm like, I can get shit done and I don't have to worry about anything. Mm-hmm. So uh, speaking of like the different type, you know, different uh, reasons to go to places. Have you been to a place where the tourist attraction really lived up to the hype? Like what, mm. what attraction that mm. was like potentially overhyped actually lived up to it? What was your, this Statue of Liberty was actually, <laughs> was actually <laughs> really lit. cool. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I hate to keep saying Italy (laughs) Uh Uh Um, because I'm thinking of like the Eiffel Tower. I've been to the Eiffel Tower. It wasn't much. Um, I'm thinking of Korea. Korea was beautiful and it was really cool to be in there, but we didn't really like find one place. I'm trying to think like England. England was really fun. But Italy, I think, is like, it's just, it's, I, I, I cannot like stress it enough. That is a like, everyone must go. Because I think yeah. once you go, you realize how crazy traveling is because it's such a different planet. And so I think like the Amalfi Coast, it looks like an Instagrammable place. It looks like cra- it is, it is what it is. And it's spectacular to see in real life. Like it feels like VR 
and it, it, it is very touristy, but in five, 10 minutes, you can be out of the touristy areas and really, really be like a local there and just like wander around and explore. And because there's so many like little alleys or little towns or whatever, you can discover so many different things. Dude, are you being paid by the Amalfi Coast? No, but I wish, man. I wish. We've even looked at houses and they're so expensive. They're like billions of dollars for like a tiny place because it's all historical and not a lot of room out there. Oh, man, now I gotta go. I know. Um, Okay, so I feel like we keep saying speaking of and I'm going to honor that. (laughs) We got to learn more transitions. Speaking of, Kos, uh, <laughs> when was the time, when, what was your biggest fish out of water moment? Um, fun wordplay, I will say. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, I have two. One is like basically because of my military brattiness. Um, the first time I came back to the U.S. So when we moved yeah. to the U.S. in 2001, we hadn't been in the U.S. for like six years. And at that point, I was like 13, 14. So like when I started making memories was in Germany. And so when we came back to the U.S., stuff is so different here than Europe. And and so we went to a buffet. We went to like country buffet for the first time. And they were like, it's a bottomless sodas. Because in Germany, you get one soda like in in most european places you get when you order a soda they give you like a bottle or one can and that's it so we've been used to like kind of like rationing off our our drink and we went to a buffet and they're like not only can you grab a new plate whenever you want to and fill it up with as much as you want unlimited soda and like i just remember me and my brother looking at each other like 14 12 years old being like what is this place? This is, <laughs> there are no rules here. So <laughs> that was one fish out of water moment. Yeah. Another one was when I was visiting Korea in 2018 with my best friend, Kiana. Her and I decided to like go out one, one night into uh, Hongdae, which is the uh, kind of college area of Seoul, Korea. And we were like, let's go out. Let's try to have like a night out later Let's go see what's out there. So we went to some bars or whatever, and it comes to be like midnight, 1 a.m., and we're like, we're going to take the train home. Well, all of a sudden, the train stopped and just dumped us out somewhere, and we didn't know where we were. Our phones were dying. It was so late, like nothing was really open other than a McDonald's. We started going to like 7-Eleven and McDonald's to try and like ask people to, in my broken Korean, I my first language was Korean, but I lost a lot of that when I was thrown into, you know, an English speaking school. So I was trying to use my budget, English to try and get like a phone charger or something. No one was helping us out. Eventually we flagged down a random taxi that was driving around at like 2, 3 a.m. and we finally got home, but... That really fucking sucked. Yeah. <laughs> That's so stressful because one, it's like, I don't know what the weather was like at the time. Was it like It was cold. It was like February. It was like February yeah. at 2 a.m. Like it was. You can't just be chilling outside the rest of the night. Exactly. And we had no clue where we were. We had no clue where we were. How yeah. You- and for me, whenever my sleep gets threatened, like whenever I'm threatened with the idea of like, you may not sleep tonight, I'm like, I guess I'll just die then. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> but how do you look back on that experience? Like, obviously, in the moment, mm. it sucked. It was awful. 
looking back, how do you feel about that? I think I just feel frustration because I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, none of the Koreans we ran into were yeah. even like throwing us a bone. And I was like speaking Korean, like not great Korean, but be like asking for help or asking for a phone or asking to to call a taxi for us. And everyone was like, everyone we met was really not helpful. And I don't, that's not like a, across the board Korean right. thing because the Koreans were so nice to us and they were actually the Korean ladies were yelling at me that I didn't know better Korean so like everyone was very nice it was just that I, I don't know it was I don't know you if just went to town. The, you... the vibes were off like I don't we got cursed well, and so it's just like I just remember feeling frustrated and my friend she doesn't know any Korean and I was definitely the planner of the trip she felt awful too the whole time it was all the graveyard shift workers you know the people that <laughs> like uh, you know don't want to be in normal society during the daytime you know? so, yeah 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 all the lizards were out yeah <laughs> yeah i like that i say that as if lizards are nocturnal uh, yeah, yeah, yeah lizard yeah. people yeah yeah <laughs> um so sarah if you could step into any moment from your travels anytime you wished. Which quintessential perfect moment would you pick? And you can't pick being lost in the grumpy Korean village. Yeah, Sorry. so if I could if I could Sorry. go back into t- time of any memory I had, like what would I pick? Yeah, to just yeah, if you any could go moment, live there. You just drop into it for a stretch and then you can come back to your daily life. Yeah, I mean, I always like if 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 I could have a superpower, I would totally do teleportation because I'd be like in Italy for lunch and then Korean for uh, dinner, Korea for dinner, and then back yeah. home. Like that would be amazing. But I think I would choose to go back to any time I traveled with my family around Europe because that was like the happiest we've ever yeah. we, we ever were. Like we didn't have a lot of money because you know my dad was in the military, my mom worked at like the grocery store on base, but. Travel was so accessible and easy in Europe. And so, you know, I loved going to the Netherlands and seeing all the colorful tulips. I loved, you know, traveling with my, uh, my mom came on the England trip with me for the, for the school trip. So I would choose any time that we got to like explore as a family because we always had like so much fun doing it. Do you guys ever uh, do trips as a family now? So the last trip we did like as a huge family was for our wedding in 2018. And that was actually the first time his family and my family met. (laughs) (laughs) And so after the wedding, we had the wedding on the Amalfi Coast. And then we basically spent three weeks going all around Italy, going to Venice, going to Rome and going to uh, Tuscany. And so it was really, really fun. Um, But it was really stressful. I was so I had a breakdown in Venice and I like Claudio and I hadn't been alone like for yeah. three weeks after our wedding and it was like so difficult so <sighs> I don't know if it's like worth getting the family back together for that but um yeah where his his parents are going to come visit Wyoming and Colorado for the first time this oh, summer that's cool. so that'll be Cute. hilarious to see um Claudio's parents in yeah. like cowboy country. You gonna yeah. take them to the country buffet I was gonna and then give them, them unlimited the... soda. Yeah. They're gonna be like, what the fuck is this shit food? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like do they because uh, uh Rachel has family from in the Netherlands that comes out to visit sometimes and one of the things they're always like, it's like this is too much meat. Like mm. you're you're giving us too much meat. Like, yeah. we like meat, but, like, 
Yeah, my that's Dutch true. Co- my Dutch cousins came out, and my dad's family, uh, they're from the Netherlands, but they immigrated after World War II, and they're all like farmers and dairymen now. And so they're like, oh, the cousins are coming, get three tri tips. This is going to be like a huge feast. And each of the cousins just had like one or two slices of tri-tip as my dad can eat like half of a tri-tip by himself. Yeah. And so it was super awkward. And it was like actually an interesting moment where it's like you could just see how Americanized one side of the family became compared to like what they came from. Yeah. I mean, overall, like Americans rely a lot of their diet on meat, especially in the middle of the country because you don't get a lot of good seafood in Colorado and (laughs) and, uh, Wyoming. So, but I think overall our portions are like way bigger too. Yeah. So, yeah. And I think there's this weird thing in America where everybody thinks they're not getting enough protein. Like, I think everybody thinks they need way more protein than they actually need. And it's like, for one of the most sedentary countries. Yeah. Like the obsession with protein is absolutely out of control. You know, it could, you know, I don't want to blame the government, but it's probably the government because even the got milk campaigns from back yeah. in the day yeah, were, yeah, yeah. were a way to like keep farmers from going out of business. It wasn't actually like for health reasons. No. So, you totally. know, my dad still drinks a glass of milk every day for lunch. And it's so sad because you can tell he thinks that what he's eating is actually healthy. Like he'll do a PBJ, a fruit cup, a yo play, <laughs> trail mix from Costco, and a glass of milk. And it's like it's so much sugar. All of the it's a lot fruits, of process. Like, yeah, yeah. But he's like, yeah, this is like a I'm a healthy man. In Claudio's neighborhood in in Naples, they have a market that opens up every morning and then around like noon one, they all disappear and like the fish, the fruit, like everything is locally sourced. Like the fish, Claudio will walk by and he'll be like, that fish was alive this morning. And like, that's the kind of food that they're doing. And you can tell because it's like even the tomatoes in Italy, they taste like fruit. They taste delicious. And if you grow your own tomatoes, that's more similar to what the taste is in Italy than whatever the fuck we get yes. at the grocery store. The mealy, like bland. Just like tomatoes here, did this taste yeah. horrible? No, and I, milk too. Yeah, I want that so badly. I want to have like little corner markets. Like it, even in New York, I had it like where I could go down mm-hmm, to the mm-hmm. bodega and there was like usually a bunch of veggies out there and fruit and like, but like LA and most of the the rest of America doesn't have that. I have to like get in my car, drive to the Vons, and you know, like, or just like buy everything for the week. And like everything, yep. like by the end of the week when I cook, you know, like nice. a lot of it is like, yeah, kind of like wilted or slimy. And I'm like, I wanna just be able to just, you know, on my walk home. Yes, how gorgeous. Yep. Yeah. Farmers uh, markets every day. I yeah. know. Can you imagine? So easy. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, Garrett, you okay. moving on to the next question? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, Sarah, mm-hmm. is there a local custom you've observed while traveling that you have or wish you had uh, implemented uh, into your daily life? Mm, so, like, mm. for us, for a bit, we've talked about this a lot on this podcast. So, regular listeners know that we enjoy an afternoon coffee and cake that we learned in Germany. We don't do this regularly, but it is like a night. We, it's been a while since we've done it. But 
When we do it, though, it's really exciting. Oh, it's so (laughs) exciting. But like a coffee and kuchen. I know. Tradition we enjoyed. A local custom. Yeah. You know, I'm trying to think, like, what have I... No, but I think something that is really, really cool that Italians do, and it just sounds like I only traveled to Italy. I've traveled to so many places, but (laughs) a really cool thing is like, you know, the coffee culture, you guys know, the coffee culture in Italy, but something that they do is they actually, for every cup of espresso, they give a cup of frizzante water, which is sparkling water, and the sparkling in Italy that they give you has tinier bubbles i don't know how other to yeah. explain it like it's not as bubbly as like a diet coke or even some sparkling water is here it's more frizzante like it's more just frizz- fizzy and so uh the reason they do that is because it kind of cuts the coffee breath yeah something with the sparkling and stuff like that so i've always enjoyed having coffee and then that little like fizzy water yeah. um next to it i think that's a really fun tradition that they have I love I love that too. Like I love it when a coffee shop will do that. Like they're occasionally in America or like elsewhere. Like I've had a espresso. I order espresso and they give me a little fizzy water with it. Mm-hmm. The first time I saw it, I was like, there was a a, a little stand up uh, Italian espresso bar in Midtown in Manhattan that I used to go to on like a work break, and it was it was that it was that it was like all Italians in there somehow. That means it's good. Yeah. And it was like just, you know, like fizzy water with espresso, no seats. Everybody's standing at counters uh, and you get a little biscotti. And And then something else I thought of that I always incorporate that I didn't know I was doing my entire life with the French fries and the spaghetti was something (laughs) called scarpetta, which also means shoe. And scarpetta is when you get piece of bread and you are scraping up the sauce from your pasta oh yeah so in italy it's actually labeled a thing scarpetta oh. the italians would have a word exactly yes. exactly. yeah why and one shoe? time i don't know claudio like, why I... why shoe i don't know he goes i don't know <laughs> <laughs> okay what were you gonna say Oh, it feels like it does feel sort of like dragging your feet. Like yeah, when, you, yeah. when you scrape your shoes against like the rug to get the mud off. Oh, maybe, maybe. It's like putting the mud on. Uh, that's cute. I like that. That's my, you know, that's my theory. <laughs> okay, Sarah, are you ready for the lightning round? Yes. Okay. So we're going to give you a series of either or oh. questions. Okay. And just uh, first off the top of your head, uh, give me your response. Love it. I'm ready. Okay, great. I'll go first. Beach or mountains? Mm. We'll say mountains. Okay. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Hot or cold? Cold. City or country? City. Beer or wine? Beer. History or scene? Scene. Clubs or cafes? Cafe. Early bird or night owl? <laughs> Mid-afternoon. No. <laughs> <laughs> Mid-afternoon turn. <laughs> uh, we'll go early. Okay. Great. Fancy or casual? Fancy. Ooh. Fast or slow? Slow. Dogs or cats or cows or monkeys? Oh, shit. That's hard. <laughs> <laughs> mm, let's do uh, monkeys. 
Okay, and then great. I have I have one other question before I I make my thing. Uh, do you like to hike? Um. Well, I guess I said mountain, so yeah, I guess so. <laughs> you don't, you you don't, don't have, have to, to claim yeah. that if that's not true to you. Not like I, a long hike. Sure, okay. I I love uh, just looking at mountains too. I love being exactly. in the mountains. I don't have to hike the mountains. I do love hiking the mountains. Like Switzerland like, is stunning. Oh, yeah. Mountains can I be know. a vibe and not yes. an activity. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, okay, cool. We are going to tabulate these results mm -hmm. and each come up with our dream trip for you. Okay. Um, I think uh, I'm actually thinking I might be close enough to ready. We might not need a break, Rachel, if you want me to go first. Unless, Sarah, do you want to take a break or anything? No, I'm good. I okay. could also tell you guys places I've been if you want to use that as like uh, some information. No. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> no we are too deep into our ideas now don't Perfect. ruin <laughs> i know i'm gonna be so sad if you've been here already. i know i'm gonna be so sad if you've been here already <laughs> so. okay okay uh this is a lot of this is going to be off my memory and top of my head great uh but sarah mm -hmm. i want to send you to Turkey. Oh, okay. And uh, we're, I'm going to focus most of your trip on southern Turkey, but there will, okay. of course, be Istanbul because okay. Istanbul, you can't like you can't miss Istanbul. I've been there. Oh, you have. Okay. Yes. So you've seen the Blue Mosque. Um, it actually the... was for a long layover, so we did like oh. a cruise. We did like Ooh. a little dinner cruise, and then we had to leave the next day. Up the Bosphorus. You know, the big could river be. There. Yeah. The, yeah. 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 Um, okay. Well, then, well, now this will be your chance to spend uh, two days at the start, you know, kind of exploring Istanbul, mm -hmm. exploring the markets, the Grand Mosque, uh, the uh, Blue Mosque, uh, seeing the Eyup Mosque, which is the fourth most uh, holy location in, um, in Islam. Um, and it's less touristy, you know, just a bit more chill of a vibe. Everybody there is just like there in worship and it's a very cool scene. Um, and then from there, I'm going to take you down to the South. So we're going to probably start off in Fethiye. Uh, well, actually on the way, we're going to stop in Cappadocia. Okay. Uh, have you seen images of this place? It's... Um, I am Googling all these things as you say them. Oh, okay. Ooh, stunning. Love it. Right? The so mountains, I see. The, the, these pillars, they're just amazing rock formations. Honestly, they look like giant penises, but they were like mushrooms. Bonus points. Bonus points. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll, you'll, you'll both, you'll, uh, I'll let you wander around for a bit. People live in some of these. Oh, they like hollowed them out, and there's houses <gasps> in there. That's so cool. Uh, when I was there, I had a dog kind of guide me. He kind of <gasps> found me and guided me around. Oh, I love it. And then, uh, so I'm gonna get that same guide for you. Mm -hmm. He's a golden retriever. Perfect. Uh, and then uh, in the evening at sunset, well, you'll you'll get to do a, a hot air balloon. I see the photo on the Wikipedia. That is perfect. The classic. Have you ever been on a hot air balloon? No. Have you? It seems scary. I know. No. Okay, it's up to you. You you scary. have the option to take the to I hear this you. hot air balloon. I hear you. Then we'll go down to the south. 
Um, and uh, uh, I, you'll get the chance to do uh, two nights, uh, two days on the Lycian Way. It's a uh, old Roman road, uh, oh. L-Y-C-I-A-N. And it's a, it's a hike. I'll have your bags dropped off at each at the villages, oh, so you don't have to bring anything. But the great thing about the hike is it's you you hike you're you're hiking along the coast, you're hiking along the Mediterranean, Beautiful. and so you've got beaches and mountains. Oh, this butterfly valley! Looks yes, beautiful. It is incredible scenery the whole way, and it's a it's an ancient Greek road. Actually, mm. I think is what it is, and uh, you're going from. From like, uh, you know, yeah, you start at the beach, you go up into like alpine environments and like villages. Every Everybody's super friendly. You'll get to eat food like gözleme, which is oh. a, like a uh, uh, Turkish crepe. You'll Ooh, get yummy. meza platters, kebabs. Uh, also, you'll get borek, uh, which is one of my, have you had borek? No. Oh, it's so good. It's uh, a savory, like, uh, Filo dough with cheese or ground beef or nice. uh, potatoes in it. Uh, very delicious. The water of the ocean that you'll see from many, you'll see the Mediterranean from many different viewpoints. It's so blue down there. The blue. The blue. Um, you'll get both time to relax on the beach and kind of like explore some towns like Kas, Antalya, and Fetier. Uh, some of it is a little overrun with the Brits at point, points. Damn, damn those Brits. Damn those Brits. It's it's actually kind of a weird culture clash. Like you walk into a town <laughs> and it is a British town Wow. on the beach. So that's kind of interesting. It's kind of fun in that way where it's just like suddenly you're in Little Britain. This is a very good suggestion overall. It feels very like Amalfi Coast adjacent. Yes. But then with different enough and, and cute enough and historic enough that you're getting a different flavor. So very yes. good. There's a lot of great historical sites along the way, you know, like archaeological sites from like just wait. One of the oldest, the the oldest site is like. Uh, a little further from there, but it's like the oldest site in uh, like known to man. In the world. In Amazing. the world. Uh, I'm forgetting. I'm blanking on the name. Gozle Tepe. Gobleki Tepe. Something like that. Um, it's cool, but it's it's a little it's a bit of a trek. Uh, and it's near the, the border with Syria. So it's, you know, I'm not sending you there, but it's an option okay. if you want to go there. Okay. Um, yeah, and it's really like one of the things that I like about uh, the the hike part, you is the food tastes so much better. I mean, the food is already good, but your taste buds are just so much better when you're yeah. like in a calorie deficit. I hear exactly. you exactly. And you sit down, you have uh, you know, you, you know, you just are eating baklava and like oh, yeah, and, amazing, yeah, dolmas. I love Mediterranean food, it's so good and like the turkish ver turkish is like mm -hmm. like that kind of like blend of uh you know like you get the greek and the the arabic kind of like crossover there um yeah i think that's that's my 
Oh, oh, and and uh, I'm going to set you up in some like uh, Turkish bathhouses. Oh, of course. You start every uh, you start and end each day in a Turkish bathhouse. Are Turkish bathhouses fully nude or is it like a rope situation or depends on where you are? Depends on where you are and the side, you know, like, a yeah. Um, no, but I'm down. I love a okay, good cool. spa. I love a good Korean spa. Yeah, yeah. Bravo. Bravo. Thank Garrett. you. Thank you. All right. Rachel, are you ready? Yes. See you taking some notes She's over been, there. I saw it. She was she was thinking. She was yeah. really researching well, here. You know, because I'm I'm choosing a place I haven't been before. So it's, it's on our list. It's yes. like our next trip, I think. Amazing. And so this is also good planning for us. This is also good planning for us. Yes. So, Sarah, you've been to Europe. You've mm -hmm. been to Asia, but mm -hmm. have you ever been to South America? No. Great. I don't think enough people have. I'm a huge advocate for South American travels. And the place I really want to send you to is Colombia. Oh. So Colombia, everybody's sleeping on it. Uh, I don't know if that's true, but I feel like... <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, but here are the things about Colombia I think are really exciting and that you might enjoy. So first, I would love to send you to, we'll start off in Bogota, which is very cool. It's got a lot of like brilliantly covered, uh, brilliantly like painted houses, like bright yellows, bright blues, and all of these like awesome winding streets. So it's great for walking and exploring. And it also has a lot of great museums to check out a lot of great art so for the part of you that likes kind of like seeing art and culture this is a great place to go then um i would love to send you to uh i might mispronounce it but medellin which is this beautiful city that has a yearly flower festival. <gasps> and also I would love for you to say just outside of it in these very cool bubble hotels that they have in the mountains. So you would be staying in this Medellin. Medellin. Yes. Medellin. Medellin. That sounds more correct. Um, Medellin. Um, where they have these like awesome bubble hotels with huge expansive views of Colombia's mountains and you can like yeah. really see the stars and there Colombia has a lot of awesome cuisine they have my favorite type of Latin American breakfast which is called bandeja oh wait bandeja I wrote it down in a way I can not read I think it's <laughs> <laughs> bandeja paisa okay paisa which is basically like when you get like a little bit of black beans a little bit of egg a little bit of sausage a little bit of cheese it's that like great breakfast platter and it oh. can appeal to your korean side of like wanting to put everything together it's like They're an english breakfast but down but south Yes, yes, yes. And there's also just so much great, like amazing fruit. And they have arepas and coconut, sticky coconut rice there. So there's a lot of great stuff to eat. Also, so after that, I would also have you go to um, Cartagena, Cartagena, which Cartagena, also... Yeah. Cartagena, which has 
a bunch of like winding streets, churches, and it's on the Caribbean coast. Okay. And then I would also have you go, there are a bunch of places I wrote down. Zona uh, Cafetera. So Colombia is the third largest coffee producer in the world. So you would get to check out their coffee region, drink a ton of excellent coffee, and then go to uh, Leticia, which is where Peru borders Brazil. And this is where you would be exploring the Amazonian forest, the Amazon forest, which is like the lung of the world. And there you could see monkeys and electric eels and sloths. So you would get to see so much cool and amazing wildlife. Then for a little bit of your like history side or feeling how ancient Colombia actually is as a country, you could go and visit the Ciudad Perdida, which is literally the lost city. So it's an ancient archaeological site. And then you could also go and visit the Salt Cathedral, which is this cathedral in a salt mine. A salt mine. And it's one of the most unique underground religious. It's really cool. And it's lit just like a Trani. Wow, you guys are doing so good. (laughs) So, yeah. So, you know, this trip isn't as linear. It's not quite linearly planned out but uh yes my trip would be visiting colombia going to the flower festival seeing the caribbean the amazon the mountains the beaches monkeys monkeys the coffee plant the coffee like setups just um all of that cool amazing stuff and dipping your toe into like all of the amazing things that latin america and colombia have to offer that's my trip Stunning, amazing work. We tried. <laughs> amazing, amazing work. So is at this point, do I decide which trip do I yeah, want to take? Yeah, go ahead. You can talk it through if you want. You know, if so, it... yeah, I'm very impressed by both of these, these pitches, both of these ideas. I think you guys hit a lot, and I can see where you incorporated my lightning round answers and also what we've been talking about and what I enjoy out of my travel. It's a Thank hard you. decision, but I think because... I haven't been there, and I'm really excited about that breakfast in the Bubble Hotel. I'm going to go with Rachel's suggestion. <laughs> yeah. But Garrett, you did great, too. It's like it Thank has you. Amalfi Coast vibes with uh, a, a little more, you know, Turkish flair. It was, it was very, very good. But Thank you. Thank you. I think because of the how different and unique and how many different areas Rachel had hit, that took it over the edge. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I, I agree. Rachel's was the better trip. And, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Big of you. I'll be honest. Like researching it, I found myself being shocked. At, like yeah. I think I always think of Colombia as being like kind of a smaller, yeah, country in my head. But I'm like, oh, it's got the carrot, the Caribbean, Amazon rainforest, yeah. like. It's really got a lot going on. Medellin is the city of eternal spring. Like, yes. I really want to oh, go. Yeah. It's so nice. I know. I know. I feel like, um, because I feel like I heard that this year Italy and uh, Japan are going to be the two most traveled to destinations. And it, and like, they're, for all the reasons Sarah mentioned, incredible places to go visit. But I always just find myself shocked that. South America has so much cool stuff. Yeah, it does. I'm like, why 
why aren't we going there more? And their history is just so rich, too. I think that's the thing that, like, if you grew up in America, you don't get a lot of deep history, a lot of long yeah. history, a lot of native history. So going to other countries that are thousands of years old, that preserve thousands of years of history, it's like, it's something really mind boggling. And it was a big difference when I moved from Europe to America that I did notice. Yeah, yeah. I feel that too, especially being in California and mm -hmm. not even on the East Coast where there's even a little more of a semblance of history. But I also feel like me stepping onto my soapbox for um Latin American countries is like we tend to talk about like European history like it's the most ancient or interesting or viable or whatever and I'm like we have there's so many cool uh ruins and ancient mm -hmm. things to check out in Latin America that I think a lot of people sort of forget about but it really is like it's some of my favorite stuff because it's like uh, we don't even know how they were able to exactly. do these feats. Like we yeah. still can't figure it out. So there's like a degree of magic to those places. I feel. Exactly. Like even we just went to Mexico and we saw like a um, kind of like a cultural show there. And I like cried during it because just the traditions that they do, even the old traditions that they used to do for, you know, trying to make the land fertile to the gods and like yeah. the upside down, like the men were upside down, like swinging around a pole that was like 50 feet in the air. They actually did that. They actually did like hip soccer that the Mayans used to play to try and get in the hoop and it's like it's truly incredible when you're looking at at history that's thousands of years old and then and they've preserved it it's it's so rich I just love it and yeah I cried during that show yeah. <laughs> I know it sounds like it was really cool it was in, so cool yeah was this was in Mexico City or no it was in um Playa del Carmen and it's this um kind of a this company called Eshgaret, so it's like X-C-A-R-E-T, and they really try to um, honor the local culture, the native culture, and also yeah. nature. So even some of their resorts are built around trees. In the middle of a road will be a tree because they won't take it down. In the middle of a balcony will be a tree. And then they also That's have so art cool. from local artists. All the uniforms are, you know, embroidered by locals and and you know because art is such a rich part of mexican culture so it's really a a resort and a and a group that tries to preserve it and not kind of whitewash it or corporate you know staying at the yeah. hilton in, in mexico or whatever so how do you spell that company x c a r e t that's really cool, though, because it is like a way to do resort traveling, but yeah. still feel like you're experiencing the culture rather than mm -hmm. just like being somewhere with a different climate and ignoring the yeah, place yeah, you yeah. are. Exactly, exactly. So Claudio and I love, love the resort and, and have already made gone twice and we're going to go again next year. But awesome. they really, really focus on being local and being authentic. And it's it's really nice. That's yeah. That's cool. That's a great rec. Yeah, yeah, it's very good. Highly recommend it. They do all fun, inclusive. So it also incorporate like it also includes like not only all the things that come with all inclusive, but they have like five theme parks. Theme parks is very loose. They're like yeah. adventure parks um, oh, that cool. some you can see ruins, you can see animals. There are real life wild animals running around. They have um, museums and they have experiences and a natural water park. Like it's incredible. 
That sounds awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So anytime yeah. I talk, I post about Mexico, most likely we're there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I, I love like, uh, I, we do dip into like a resort when we travel, like in the middle of a trip. Yeah. Or, like, like, like a little break. Yeah. yeah in exactly. Ethiopia, we did that. We like dipped into like a resort, like kind of like place and like, especially when they're like that, where they're yeah. like really like embracing the local culture. And yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's a nice break from mm -hmm. a lot of like, uh, uh, well, when you have yeah. to, some trips, when you have to plan every single thing, it's like, it can get exhausting and overwhelming. Yeah. So I think mixing in a, a, a good trip where you're like planning everything yourself. And then also like something you can take a little backseat on, um, kind of helps you get that, get the fun, but also get that relaxing part. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's also like having like a nice stay in the middle is like, I think like sometimes something I've been thinking about lately is like, sometimes we can approach traveling with a grind set, <laughs> like mindset <laughs> where it's like, I have to see as many things as possible and experience as much as possible. And we're like always walking and like, kind of like burning ourselves yeah. out. So like having the resort and per permission to be like, you can be in another country and also like relax for a second. Yep, exactly. It's like has been really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. And then like, I don't know, like I, I've never been to South America and I've because I've always wanted to like get as far away as possible, mm -hmm. you know, and I was always like, well, you know, like South America, there's I do see like, you know, a lot of Mexican influences in America, but like I don't I, I don't actually. Like I, I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. like a, you know a white boy, white boy from the suburbs who like grew up understanding one kind of Mexican food. Mm -hmm. Mexican food is so diverse. There's yeah. so it's like one of the great uh, culinary countries in the world, and like we have no idea. I had I mm -hmm. had no idea. I'm sure there are plenty of people in America that have ideas of this, but growing up, I had no idea. Well, and, and like, yeah. yeah. And Go I know ahead. we all love food. Like we, we're definitely a group of foodies that love yes. love to eat. And I think yes. like traveling, the easiest way to connect to different cultures and be able to like expand yeah. your mind and get that culture is try different foods. Like try yeah. the different foods and try the different iterations. And I think like you know it is true about like you know home is where the heart is, and you put your heart and soul into the food. And like yeah. I think that's what me and my family like the most is to experience different foods and try different things so that you can just you get a piece of it immediately and it's like a, a full sensory experience rather yes. than just looking at something yeah. yeah and i think also part of it is like i think sometimes we tend to view like uh like lumping mexico in with the rest of like central mm -hmm. and south america where it's like kind of treating like Latin cultures like they're a monoculture where like mm -hmm. they really yeah. each region is like its own separate unique thing and I think it's like I think it's just because we maybe as like Americans have a bias towards like well it's sometimes the you difference don't even between France and Germany rather yeah. than the difference between like Paraguay and Brazil you know like yeah. but it makes sense because it's like you know across the U.S. every place has its kind of like food specialty right so like yeah. why wouldn't other countries also have that so something with italy is like whenever people tell me where they go to italy you know claudio and i uh talk about what they should be eating because each city 
specializes in different types of foods like naples that's where pizza was born so have pizza on the amalfi coast best lemons in the world you have to have Mm. lemons in tuscany they're more of a meat place so you get some steak in uh rome you'll get cacio and pepe with and amatriciana which is born there in rome and then venice you can get little basically like little tapas things i forget what they're called but they specialize in more like little bites and stuff like that so even from city to city you can kind of find their specialties and and that's like always so fun to have it where it was i really want to go is it umbria where pesto is from oh yeah i don't know i don't know yeah i think it's somewhere like around like the north uh east maybe Uh, i might be i you know i'm not an expert (laughs) at all but like i was reading somewhere around there pesto and i want to go to pesto italian pesto is probably so good I know. Uh, God. Well, Sarah, thank you yes. so much for doing for letting us interrogate you. Yes. Um, we will try to get you that trip when we finally get funding. Yeah, yeah totally, totally. Uh, yes. you'll, you'll you'll see something in the mail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, our, our first goal once we get funding is to uh, you know back do take care of the backlog of trips that we have to. Totally, yes. totally. Yeah. Yep. I'll I'll be sure to um, keep reminding you guys. Of okay, good. Uh, yes, I owe yes. you that you guys owe me. Yes. And we're going to make you our uh, Italy specialist. Yes. So, yeah, you can. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We will be sourcing you for Italy Rex for your. Oh, 100%. You should. You should. Totally. Yeah. Thank well, you guys so much for having yes, me. This was you. so fun. Yeah. I'm glad you had fun. And that was Sarah Whittle. Wow. I am um, I'm struggling this season. Yeah. Are you feeling okay? <laughs> Well, no, but (laughs) (laughs) it's, I don't know what's going on. I just can't, I, I, I I can't, uh, pitch trips. You're just not hearing the desire behind the words, you know, you got to hear between the lines. I know. Um, although this, this was really fun because this, um, my pitch on Columbia made us really excited to actually go to Columbia, which that is That is cool. going to be our next trip because of this episode. Yeah, so I maybe know. aspire to yeah. have a travel pitch that we act on. An aspirational one. Yeah, I know, because that's uh, I've mostly been pitching places I've been. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you, like... You got to leap into the unknown. I know. Well, and last year you pitched Portugal, which got us to go to Portugal. Did that get? Yeah, yeah I did pitch it before. Up, yeah, you saw Sintra. Yeah, I manifest pitch over here. Yeah, and I, uh, I'm lazy, and I just fall back on what I already know. Okay, uh, thank you all for listening. <laughs> we'll see you next week for episode three of Agents of Travel. Bye. Bye.